rise up in the morning, my eyes are bloody red. Dreams of peaceful slumber still rattling in my head. Give me coffee. Welcome to You Don't Know Beans, the coffee podcast that asks the question today, do you have giant lines of Canadian truckers outside your house? I do not. I'm Dan. I'm your show producer, and we are remarkably truck free because I'm not in Ottawa. I'm Alia, and um, I don't own a vehicle. <laughs> I'm Melissa, and we do have trucks, but not in a line. Okay. So uh, the politics aside, what are we drinking today? Well, today we are drinking, well, the signature roast from Trident. Trident Coffee Roasters. Excellent. Yes. I would, you know, I just realized that I usually have the packaging with me and today I do not. So let me pull that up real quick. Melissa, do you perhaps have it handy? I don't know. All right. Well, we could do this blind. Yeah. We know what it is, um, but we don't know what it's supposed to be. You know, and how long did we have to prepare for this? I mean, like, seriously. About five minutes. (laughs) It's almost like this is, it's almost like we're doing this on the fly, right? (laughs) so unusual for us (laughs) yes so today we are drinking trident from trident coffee so this is a brazil carmo dominas it's a full city roast and i am drinking an espresso shot i pulled on my new flare pro 2 um they are advertising this coffee with tasting notes of chocolate caramel and nutty okay we'll have to talk more about your flare pro 2 in a bit it's very cool all right i'm drinking mine from a just our usual uh i can never why can i never remember what it's called we've been doing this for what a year now (laughs) drink some more coffee it'll come to you (laughs) yes folks my single shot espresso maker and what is it called alia it's an Um, espresso isn't it no, it's um, oh. a nanopresso. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, yes. makes a pretty decent shot of coffee. It's just it apparently does, right? not as memorable a name as we might hope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. There's too many, too many ends in the consumer coffee industry. That, I think that's the problem. Nescafe, Nespresso. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, whatever. I mean, it's not like the F's in Welsh, but it still seems confusing. Well, if there is a Welsh coffee company, I would love to try their coffee. All right. That's a challenge for everyone out there. Send me your Welsh coffee. All you Welsh coffee heads out there, let us know. So, And if I get something like Welsh Rarebit, I'm, I totally deserve that. So. <laughs> <laughs> So what do you smell? If you smell, do you smell? Um, I do pick up the chocolate. Okay, well, that's a good start. Yeah, loud and clear chocolate. Well, just out of the bag, I get like chocolate and the nut and a little bit of butter. Okay. I get nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> we love Melissa for her consistency. Uh, so we should note, I think, that this is um, at least on their bag. It it isn't a it isn't a super dark roast. It's it's just like slight of the medium, I think. 
Well, after drinking it, though, you know, see, I was, yeah, I, I, it, it, they, they led me down this path believing that I was just doing a city roast, which is honestly one of my favorite roasts. I, I don't like full on dark Italian or French so much, but I do love the full city roast. And so what's a city roast as the ignoramus? Well, like a medium roast. Yeah, usually, it's, right? it's a dark, it's on the darker side of medium. And it usually doesn't have that smoky aspect to it that you would find like in a full French roast or an Italian. Okay. It's just, Only because yeah, like a city roast to me comes out as, hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> Depending on the oh, city. When you, get the, when you get like the coffee from like the man in the can, like the, that, those people. Yeah. Mm, those yeah. Are good. That's good coffee though. Man in the can. <laughs> I... I, <laughs> I, I I don't really know what a Boston <laughs> city roast might be by comparison, but I'm sure it, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I was I'm sure something, something just different. as obnoxious. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I, I was expecting oh. something to begin with. Hey, oh, your mother's. Yeah, well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, I actually, believe it or not, do have a, a secondhand man in the can story. Oh, do we, do we want to talk yes. this coffee first or should I should I tell yeah, you the I, man in the can story? You know what? We probably should talk the coffee first while okay. it's so hot. I, I will hold it in reserve. And thanks to a local friend who him being who he is, was kind enough to share this. So it is okay. uh, it, it is much darker tasting than I was expecting. Yeah, same. <clears throat> Definitely a smoky taste like on the on the uh, back end. Yeah, and I'm glad that I pulled a test shot of this first because um, I was kind of led to believe that it would be not as dark as what it actually is. So I, um, the first one I did, I way like over extracted it, and it was just like all kinds of bitter. But <laughs> this time I figured it out, thankfully. But I'm um, I'm getting all of the bouquet that I think that I can get out of it. And it's really quite pleasant. Yeah, it's good. Um, I'm definitely tasting like the nutty taste and the caramel taste and obviously yeah. the chocolate. Cause I always just correlate that with like that smoky dark roast type taste, but I was actually very surprised how dark this, this is based on kind of what the, the advertisement, I guess on the bag was. Yeah. Same. Cause I, um, after filling my test shot, I even had to cut back my dosage a little bit. So usually with espresso, people kind of advise you to start out with like a one to two ratio. So for instance, if you start with 20 grams in, you should get 40 grams output in the end um, if you're doing like a double shot. So this time I actually dial it back a little bit and put 18 grams in and got 40 grams out. And it's still plenty robust if you wanted to add like milk or something like no problems whatsoever. In fact, if you wanted to go even longer than that, I'm pretty sure it would accommodate that as well. So, um, again, ignorance speaking here, do other people do this like measure grams or, or is this just science alia at work? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I guess it depends, you know, like there are people who measure their ingredients before they cook with them. And there are people who just throw it into the pot. 
so you know it's kind of preference okay see that yeah. that's i'm i'm mr yeah that looks like enough now nah, we'll throw a little bit more in i'm <laughs> i'm I, I, seriously i didn't bake for years because i was convinced that if i didn't measure ridiculously precisely and i'm like no I don't, I don't have the patience for this. I want to throw stuff in and see what happens. Yeah. And eventually I learned there's a little wiggle room, but. Well, it depends on what you're baking. Certainly bread is like totally fine with everything, but cake, man, that's a picky bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I I have my, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I have I'm, issues with cake. I'm sort of <laughs> surprised by that because. I mean, all I do is open the box and pour the bag in and <laughs> yeah, no, maybe, I, maybe, maybe we bake cakes a little differently, maybe perhaps so. <laughs> so you're getting what they said on the bag and a little bit of milk wouldn't kill it, but it's, oh, it's certainly it's it absolutely would not kill it. It, I mean, it would probably even complement it. So if you are yeah. the type who likes lattes or cappuccinos, yeah, totally. Go all in on this. This is a great coffee for that. It's I I mean, I think it's a pretty good all-around all-purpose coffee. What do you think, Melissa? Yeah, I agree. And uh I might try some with milk later and to see, but I don't see that that would dilute it or anything. I think this is a good cup. So Yeah, I mean, on on top of that, it's not terribly acidic. So Right. I mean, is it bothering you? I mean, I know you have issues with acid in coffee sometimes, but I didn't really get much of an issue myself. What about you? No. And uh, I don't think it tastes, you know, sometimes when you taste a coffee, it like immediately tastes acidic, uh-huh. especially, you know, some of these darker roasts, but I didn't get that. It doesn't seem to be hurting my stomach. So <laughs> that's always a plus. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, it's just nice and smooth and has a appropriate amount of brightness and very, very full-bodied here. See, um, these are the things I would want put on the, the marketing of a, a bag of coffee is doesn't hurt your stomach. <laughs> I would absolutely advertise doesn't make that you... way. New doesn't, doesn't make... suck. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make you wish you were dying. <laughs> Always a good start in your marketing. Um, so <laughs> let let me share the man in the can story. It's yes, not a very please. long story, but it probably will flow very nicely into weird news. But a, a friend of mine in my town uh, who is an attorney by trade uh, had a man in the can guy that he would go to to get his coffee. And okay. apparently he stopped by one day. And I do not remember the the gentleman in the can's name is Prince Albert in a can. Um, sorry, that just popped in my head, which is how I do things. Well, apparently he needed a trip to the restroom. So he asked my friend, the attorney, to fill in for him as oh. the man in the can. Which, Thanks. you know, my friend, being who he is, apparently said yes. And now this um, former attorney is one of the most well-respected baristas in New York City. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but apparently what, what he assumed was going to be a two to three minute exercise turned into something like 40 minutes. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you well, drink enough of your own product, you know. Um, 
Don't ever consume your own so, product. So this is this is the sort of of thing that happens to this friend of mine. So I, I thought it was amusing that, you know, three years of law school and however many years of practicing occasionally lets you be a man in a can selling coffee and donuts to people. So how did he do? For 40 minutes. I don't know. I'm not sure. He may have <laughs> simply said, hi, I'm just keeping an eye on it so nobody steals the money or whatever. But um, so I'll have to check and see how many cups he, he successfully sold. But um, did he at least get like a pastry or a cup of coffee for his effort? You know, I'm not sure if he did. Because that would really suck nope. if he didn't. <laughs> oh, this is an incomplete story, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Dan, I, come on. Listen, we've, we've you don't think it's enough. better from you. You don't think it's enough that an attorney ends up selling coffee in a basically a gigantic. I don't know. What is it? It's it's like a porta potty with donuts in it. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, let's see if I can make you happier with with weird news today. So uh, courtesy of UPI, the uh, headline reads, Britain's oldest pub closes after 1,229 years. I saw that headline. Why is it closing? Not Well, let's find out. So the best part of this, from my perspective, is the name of the pub. It's in St. Albans, England. Uh, which I will tell you was the site of at least one, possibly two um, English Civil War battles during the 14th century. So file that one away. In St. Albans, the pub's name is Ye Old Fighting Cox. Nice. Thank you. Thank okay. You. Ye right. Old Fighting so, Cox. So the right. pub's website claims the business first started pouring drinks in the year. Are you ready for this? 793. Wow. 790. Kidding. Like I'm doing the math in my head of what was going on because I'm a history nerd. And I think this predates King Alfred the Great, who I think was about a hundred years later, which is nuts. Well, yeah. So is it like the same structure and everything? Or is it I I would think they've had to slap some sheetrock on it occasionally. (laughs) That's just my guess. Yeah. So uh, the pub's financial problems predated the pandemic, but things got worse until they could no longer meet their financial obligations. So apparently the brewery that owns the building said the pub could potentially reopen. But I think this is, believe it or not, something in a vague way came up around this, that there was a, a tortoise owned by the Archbishop of Canterbury, during the reign of Charles I in the 1640s. And that turtle was still alive like 145 or 150 years later. Yeah, so, they have. As a history nerd, lives. I love stuff like this. That It's like, oh, my God, there was a pub going for 1,200 years is like nuts. So it's a little bit sad, but it's interesting. When I went to England, we stayed at a place that was in the Peaks District that supposedly the pub itself like the the bar part of it was i think from the 15th century but supposedly part of like the back of the building was like room in there and um it had been closed for like a long time and this is like so sad because it was like a really cool it had like some kitschy stuff like in the main dining room part of it but it was a bed and breakfast type of place but it was closed for, it closed, like we were like some of the last people who had gone there, I think. And 
it closed for like years and it, <laughs> the brewery that owns it, which I guess must be like a thing over there. <laughs> it sounds like, like breweries, it. <laughs> that breweries own these pubs, you know, and um, they ended up opening it up again and it's like totally like gentrified inside, but it's, <laughs> I wonder like how many, like what the claims are, like when someone's like, I'm the oldest pub, like if it is really, you know? Well, I mean, if somebody says 793, Right, right. Like, who's going to argue with you? Right, exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, but right. George Washington slept here. Yeah, yeah. apparently. Right. <laughs> I, I will okay, say, so- if you're a history person, I mean, you know, American history goes back like 300 and some odd years. Like, like that's not even breaking a sweat in the United Kingdom. But yeah, this anyway. is crazy. Oh, I have another piece of pub trivia if you guys are so inclined. Oh, Yes. Well, apparently when you mute yourself, we're not allowed Sorry. to know. <laughs> it just I was all on, worked up. <laughs> like slid on in there. So there are a lot of pubs throughout England that are named after cocks. They're, you know, like, what was the name of this one? This like, was, I think, the, Ye old Fighting Cock. Yes. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. I mean, there's like a lot of them, like. So in addition to selling ale and mead and the things of that sort, it's interesting to note that the, that the beer was made primarily by women at this point. Additionally, what they would also sell is basically bone broth that was chicken soup that was boiled in ale. And they would sell this as kind of a medicinal treatment or something. I mean, much like I suppose people would go out and buy bone broth for or, these days. Or- Chicken soup, I mean. Yeah, chicken soup, bone broth, whatever. But yeah, so an old recipe that came from, was it Hannah Woolley's The Accomplished Lady's Delight, which was published in 1670, called for placing a boiled cock in eight gallons of ale, along with raisins, dates, nutmeg, mace, and sack, which I guess is a type of strong wine. So this is um, this is the drink. Good broth. (laughs) Well, it's um, yeah. I don't know how that would be. It's like kind of a sweet, savory kind of thing, I guess. Get some drunk Um, matzo balls in there, boy. I'll tell you. Yeah. Well, you know what, Melissa? Passover. You are making accomplished ladies delight broth. (laughs) There you go. I I will do that. I love making uh, historical recipes. So. Yeah, yes, so this this was uh, considered a treatment for tuberculosis, kind of like a preventative, like during cold season. And, and and once you've had a few, you don't care. So yeah, and apparently it also treated erectile dysfunction. Woohoo! Yay! Oh. <laughs> so that's a very good segue to my second weird news story. Oh, excellent! Okay, again, which wait, UPI. which part? Which part, tuberculosis or erectile dysfunction? The erectile dysfunction. (laughs) Oh, okay. Because, according to, again, the UPI, Zoo hires Marvin Gaye impersonator to get monkeys in the mood. What? Uh Uh-huh. So a British monkeys. Well, let's find out. A British zoo aiming to bolster its population of endangered monkeys hired a Marvin Gaye impersonator to visit the enclosure and croon love songs. Why Marvin Gaye? Well, I mean. (laughs) Well, he's like a classic for that type of thing. Exactly. The Trentham. Well, well, wait, there's more. But for monkeys? 
Do um, they have a preference? I, I don't know. Maybe, you know, their preferred playlist is, you know, Ravel's Bolero or something. I couldn't tell you, but, you know. Well, so the Trentham Monkey Forest in Stafford, England, said David Largy or Largy, an experienced Marvin Gaye impersonator, which is good because we wouldn't want an inexperienced one, performed, <laughs> performed selections from the Soul Legends catalog, including Let's Get It On and Sexual Healing Inside the Barbary Macaque Habitat. So there you go. Wow. So did this, was there any information about how this worked for the monkeys? Or? Um, <laughs> the final sentence of the story says, Lovett said zookeepers expect to discover whether the visit had any effect on the monkeys when birthing season arrives in late spring or early summer. Nice. I'm yeah. throwing a BS flag down on the play. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I, I, I Maybe. I mean, look, I'm not a soul music aficionado myself, but um, I can see how it might appeal. I just, well, don't I mean, know. that's, but that's the thing. It's like your, your preference has nothing to do with it because they're not making you procreate. They're wanting to make the monkeys procreate. Well, I'm, so, listen, you're just I assuming mean, <laughs> monkeys don't like soul music. Well, I'm, I'm not making any assumptions <laughs> at this point. I mean, from, <laughs> For all I know, they could love Nirvana, but you know, it, like, <laughs> well, there, there's no like. I, by I the mean, way, it's like so random. Well, so so I think again, your scientist side is coming out, and what you want at this point are a couple of control groups. Yes, right. Exactly. You want I you want, want a few with groups. the Nirvana. Yeah. You want a few with maybe some doo-wop. I don't know. Uh, we have we obviously <laughs> already have the the soul music you know yeah, i mean gotta, i think heavy metal could be pushing it but you know maybe some people like metallica well we're not talking people we're talking monkeys well i'm i'm putting monkeys yeah. in the group of people because <laughs> primates, if we're going to so. the trouble of doing this in the first place i mean you some know primates here. Yeah. somebody thought this was a good idea yeah we're gonna have to throw some celine dion in there maybe well there you go that would be yeah. weird this I mean, is all weird uh, what am i talking about <laughs> That's why it's weird news, right? Weird news. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> so, in summation, yeah. the coffee's good. Yeah, coffee's good. Pub's closed. Science is not. Yeah. <laughs> and and <laughs> we are unclear whether or not, uh, you know, smooth R&B is ideal for macaque monkeys. I guess we're going to have to search for this story again in... Yeah, take During a look. Their yes. season. <laughs> Revisit this in early, late spring or early summer, I suppose. Well, I'd be interested. I, <laughs> that's one data point that I'm looking forward to, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So, our Trident, uh, what roast was this again? It was just called Trident. All right. So, the Trident roast marketing or snarketing? I'd say it's true to marketing. What do you think? I agree. I feel like they should move the the little button that says the roast to the left. I mean, to the right towards the darker. But I think other than that, I think it's spot on. I would have wanted it to be just a little bit sweeter for a full city roast, but I'm not complaining. Well, you are a little bit. Well, it's a critique. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway five. um all right melissa how many beans out of five um i would give this four four beans four beans out of five all right alia yeah, I, 
would agree. I would do like four beans. All right. It's pretty good. All right. So there you go. That's pretty much our news for the day, everyone. Join us for our next podcast where perhaps we'll spend a little more time on coffee and a little bit less on monkey Cox monkeying around. (laughs) Monkey and Cox. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's related news. But yes, well, when when I write the blurb on the (laughs) episodes, like this episode is about monkey and Cox. By all means, everyone, please provide us feedback on how you think our show descriptions are going. (laughs) Oh, gosh. All right. That went in an unexpected direction. So, okay. (laughs) Yay, we had coffee today. I hope you did, too. Thank you so much for joining us. You Don't Know Beans was written and produced by all of us, Melissa Davis, Dan Sokolow, and me, Alia Fleischer. Sound editing by Dan Sokolow and Alia Fleischer. Music this week was by the Flying Fish Sailors and Algal the Bard. Special thanks to Trident Coffee Roasters, a veteran-run small business where every purchase helps other veterans and their families. Check them out. The show references, as always, can be found in our show notes. You can download us now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and other places you find your podcasts. To learn more about our show and the coffees we review, come visit us on Instagram and Twitter at You Don't Know Beans. If you like us, please rate us on Apple Podcasts and share with your friends. If you don't, it might be funny to share anyway. We here at You Don't Know Beans want to lend a mic to all voices in the coffee industry, from growers to roasters, baristas, and everybody in between. If you'd like for your story to be heard, please drop us a line on our Instagram or Twitter DM, or just email us at youdon'tknowbeanspodcast at gmail.com. Additionally, if you are a roaster and would like for us to talk about your coffee on the show, please let us know. We thank you for all of your suggestions. Thanks for listening. See you next time.